0: Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. Uh, we are handling the 4th of July week, the only way we know how, and that's by, uh, ranking things. We already did quarterback rankings with Danny Cannell, joining me today to do, uh, wide receiver rankings. Bryant McFadden, BMAC. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up, Will? Uh, I'm doing excellent. And then uh, on the 4th of July, Heath Cummings of CBS Sports Fantasy Fame will be joining me on the show. We're going to do running back rankings, and then we're going to do a beer draft, which is uh, almost exciting as UFC 239. Uh, If In case you're not into UFC, this is the biggest week in mixed martial arts this year, and it has arrived, and CBS Sports will be offering wall-to-wall coverage of UFC 239. Brian Campbell, Rashad Evans, and Brandon Wise are out at International Fight Week, so be sure to subscribe to the State of Combat podcast anywhere you find podcasts for an exclusive interview with Amanda Nunes and a full preview of UFC 239 with predictions and new interviews all week long. If you like fighting you like UFC this is the only place to be uh, are you a UFC guy BMAC?
1: mac uh occasionally it depends if the big name you know fighters are getting ready to uh, go to war i usually tune in
0: yeah yeah i'm the same way i'll um I'll watch like a bigger fight and I've, I've gotten more into it lately and I will probably watch this fight because CBS is helping, is promoting it. But, um, sometimes also they're on very late. Like it's on it's, yeah. on, it's on very late for me and I'm, I'm old and washed. And so, uh, sometimes I, I don't end up, uh, doing that. A couple of news items we're going to touch on real quick and then we'll rank our top 10 wide receivers. I, I probably did, I probably should have prepped you on these, but, um, just, just worth noting two running backs who have been in the news recently. And are back in the news. Um, Kareem Hunt video showed him outside a nightclub after a reported physical altercation, according to TMZ, between some friends. He was sort of arguing with some cops. Uh, I think I would assume you would echo my sentiments here, B. Mac. When we say, "Hey, Kareem Hunt, you're suspended eight games. You know what you should do this off season and for the rest of uh, until you're off your suspension? Sit at home and like do sewing or stuff, something, or like <laughs> or go rent a private cabana in a in a foreign country and party there." It, it is are you surprised to see him out well, and about the town already?
1: Well, you know what, uh, Will? Let me echo a better sentiment. Kareem Hunt, do not drink anything. Yes. No alcoholic beverages. Now, granted, you know, these are all speculations. Um, You know, no concrete information has come out yet. Yes. But if there is some reality to this story, nine times out of ten, Will, Alcohol was involved,
0: yeah, no, I think I mean they were at a they were at a club called the Barley House in downtown Cleveland, and they were apparently there very late, so presumably Kareem Hunt wasn't just hanging around not drinking and, and it's possible that's the case, but he admitted before that alcohol played a role in some of these issues that he had, and I'm with you one hundred percent he should go dry from now until uh until he's back on the field because there's a clear cut connection between some of his anger issues. The problems that have that have kind of popped up and alcohol. So I think you're spot on, BMAC. Mac.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, until he's able to police himself accordingly, if you hang out, you, it's okay to hang out. But I and and you know, I'm just making a, a my assumption. You know, there's sure. no guarantee that if something happened, he was drinking. But just based on what you said and what he admitted to from his previous incident, I. Pfft, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some reality to this, but hopefully this just is, they're just smoking, uh, smoking, uh, mirrors right now.
0: Yeah. And then the other running back who has already been suspended, uh, once before Zeke Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys running back was handcuffed, but not arrested following an argument, um, in Las Vegas back in May. And now he will meet with Roger Goodell about the incident. Uh, ESPN.com's Todd Archer reported, um, in video also obtained by TMZ. TMZ is everywhere. Aren't you glad that TMZ, I mean, TMZ, you just don't want TMZ around when you're, when you're when you're a professional athlete, because they, they get everything. <laughs> no out. question. Um, Elliot, this is from, uh, Sean or Ryan Wilson's story. Elliot can be seen arguing with his girlfriend, though he never touched her. Later in the video, he appears to push an event staffer who falls down and knocks over a guardrail. Uh, Elliot's attorney told TMZ that event security was quote, overreacting to an argument between the running back and his girlfriend. Security misconstrued and overreacted to the situation. So Frank Salzano said he was cuffed as a precautionary measure. He was released, released with no charges. He left Vegas. That night and went to his youth football camp in dallas on sunday do you think Mac, that there is any chance roger goodell goes over the top on ezekiel elliott here
1: oh my goodness i mean for cowboys for the cowboys sake Mm. for ezekiel elliott for jerry jones sake hopefully no but it wouldn't surprise me because even though there was no foul play done with that incident it was an incident He basically, not necessarily, he didn't headbutt the guy, but he put his head in the guy's chest, and he was intimidating the guy. Clearly not the behavior you want to see from your star player, and also a guy that has already had some issues, you know, being a quality citizen away from the football field, so. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I hope not, because I'm a fan of Ezekiel Elliott, sure. and that was another incident where alcohol got the best of a player. And clearly, some players need to stay away from it if they can't, ho- they, if they can't, uh, you know, be accountable for their actions.
0: Yeah, man, it's hard to tell 21 to 25 year olds not to drink in the off season, but sometimes it is the uh, the better thing for sure. On a lighter note, um, one more piece of news that we'll get to because I'm curious. You are an avid Madden player. And we are hoping to get uh, copies of it when it comes out. Um, the, the, the rookies were, the rookie ratings were released. Do you remember what your rookie rating was in Madden?
1: Oh, that's a good question, Will. You're going back in time. I have, oh, I, mean,
0: I have, I, I have no idea because like that, it wasn't a thing back then. I mean, maybe it was, maybe you guys like looked it up. You're like, what the hell? Like I'm a, I'm a 75, but I mean, like it wasn't a thing to release it and make it a big deal back, you know, back in the day, right?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. No question. Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. Hopefully I was in the sixties, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was in the sixties. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Hopefully, I was in the 70s. Yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I was in the 60s.
0: Yeah, I bet they were tougher on rookies back in the day. Notable rookies uh, who were ranked: Uh Quentin Williams is the top overall uh, ranked rookie at an 80. Ed Oliver, 79. Nick Bosa, 78. And then uh, tie for fourth place: Josh Allen, Marquise Brown, uh, and uh, and TJ Hawkinson, all at 77. And then the reason this this rookie thing really did make kind of a big stink. Is that, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Daniel Jones of the Giants ranked a 63. He's below, wow. below Will Greer, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, and even Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo. What a slap in the face.
1: I mean, the last thing Giants fans want to hear is Daniel Jones is ranked extremely low. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, even though it's a video game,
0: to put this in context, Josh Allen was uh, a 74. So, uh, last year. So good, good for Daniel Jones. Rough start. All right. Let's talk some wide receivers. We're going to go, um, in reverse order and start with ten, nine, and eight. Uh, we'll just go, we'll go 10 through one and we'll just alternate, uh, wide receivers. I found that the hardest part of this BMAC was figuring out who was going to be my, 10th wide receiver but i'm curious who is number 10 on your uh top 10 nfl wide receivers list
1: my number uh the 10th wide receiver on my list is keenan allen Mm. um a, a, a surefire number one target top priority one of the best uh pass catchers in the game i love his route running ability um you look at his numbers i mean last year over 1100 yards uh a year before 1300 yards over 1300 yards he had six touchdowns um i love everything about keenan allen the only concern i have with keenan allen based on with him being number 10 and this is based on our expectations for players coming into this 2019 season. He has an ideal relationship with his quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is still playing real good football, uh adding on to his Hall of Fame resume. Just the durability issues. Sure. It seems like Keenan Allen, granted, he's getting away from that injury tag that he had earlier in his career, sure. but sometimes you still just don't know. And it's almost like you consider his past injuries when you talk when you're dealing with fantasy football, I mean that's the one thing about Keenan Allen is like fantasy wise, when you're drafting fantasy wide receivers, the knock on Keenan Allen is well, you know he may miss two or three games. It seems that seems to be uh, the label that's over his head when it comes to question marks. But outside of that, I love everything about Keenan Allen.
0: No, that's a great point, and um, I have Keenan Allen ninth at uh, and and you know it's sort of nitpicking there, but you know he only played uh nine games in two thousand fifteen and two thousand sixteen, towards ACL in two thousand sixteen, of course, um in that first game he was dominating uh uh Marcus Peters for the Chiefs mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. first game lighting him up in the first half towards ACL right before halftime and the it really felt like the the Chargers never recovered if he is healthy and plays 16 games again this year though you would have to expect around 1200 yards, six touchdowns. I mean he, he the last you're right, if he puts together a season in 2019 like he did the last two years, then he's starting to develop some consistency and sometimes it takes guys a few years to to sort of get into that the physical, you know, to, to shed that injury label. And so maybe he's doing that. Um, 10th for me, I had, uh, I had Mike Evans and I think you could make the case that Mike Evans could be above Keenan Allen for the, for the very reason that you point out, BMAC. This is a guy who over his five years in the NFL and he's only, uh, he's still only, I think, uh, 20. Yeah, he's only 25. He'll turn 26 in August, which is insane because he's already played five seasons in the league. He, I don't think he's ever. Maybe he's missed, uh, maybe three or four games, but he's never had a year below a thousand receiving yards or below 70 receptions. He's been incredibly mm-hmm. consistent in that regard. His yards per reception is his lowest of his career was 2016 when it was 13.8. A ridiculous 17.7 last year. Multiple seasons with, uh, double digit touchdowns. Eight last year. And I think you can make the case that in a Bruce Arians, Uh, as you all know, Bruce Arians, I mean, he likes to play no risk it, no biscuit. If he unleashes Jameis Winston down the field in terms of being a vertical threat quarterback this year, Mike Evans could really push his way up this list because he could end up scoring a ton of touchdowns and having a bunch of, uh, of deep balls thrown his way and really producing some monster stats. We've seen why, you know, top wide receivers in, in Bruce Arians system, uh, thrive, especially guys who can get deep. Mike Evans, maybe not the most consistent Catcher of the ball, but he's also dealing with Jameis Winston, who hadn't been a very consistent quarterback. Um, he, he certainly qualifies for me. Who do, who do you have at number nine?
1: Number nine for me is Adam Thielen. Oh, um, very nice. I mean, he yeah, he catches everything comes his way. He doesn't have, a, he doesn't have a large catch radius, but it seems like he does based on his ability to be a shorthanded catcher, uh, over 1300 yards. Um, I mean, the last two years, he's been lights out. He's been lights out. Nine touchdowns a year ago. He's an ideal. Third down wide receiver, a guy that can move the chains, a guy that can sustain drives for your offense. And the thing about Adam Thielen, he reminds me of of an old school type of wide receiver. He don't blow, he won't blow you away with his speed. Uh, he's quick. I love his lateral movement, but he's just a real good football player. I mean, some of the best hands in the national football league. I, I wouldn't put him number one. Uh, my number one best-handed wide receivers higher on this list. Mm. But Adam Thielen could, clearly could be in that top three uh, category.
0: Yeah, um, I've got Thielen a little bit higher. As I mentioned, uh, Keenan Allen is my number nine. I want to point, really quickly point out, too, before we get too far into it, and I don't know what you did with this, so uh, I'm curious. I left Tyreek Hill off my top ten I list. I did also. Okay, okay. I did also. He was like – If 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 Tyreek Hill didn't have his off-field concerns, no question he would be on this top ten list, right?
1: Hands down. I have Tyreek Hill on my list, but I have him in parentheses, meaning (laughs) because of the situation. And, of course, we're looking at expectations for 2019. There's a good chance he might be suspended.
0: Exactly. And my thought is he's probably going to get four to six games. I've said that on this podcast. And if that's the case, then it's hard to put him on the list. Um as I mentioned, uh, so yeah, Tyreek Hill was the first guy on my honorable mention, but I was, I was curious to see what it's, it seemed like based on Keenan Allen at 10, you might, you might be in the same sort of situation. Um, who do you have at, uh, number eight?
1: AJ Green. Mm. Uh, AJ Green, I mean, one thing about AJ, when he's healthy, he's a for sure pro bowler, uh, basically an all pro. He's been doing it with average quarterback play for the most part there in Cincinnati. Uh, he's a guy you cannot Allow to see single Coverage and had a down year Because of the injury but when he's healthy uh, He has that DeAndre Hopkins Effect you know it not it's not A big deal who the quarterback is even Though you know Andy Dalton Has been a better quarterback than what DeAndre Hopkins has had for the majority Of his career until Deshaun Came along mm-hmm. but Andy Dalton has been A bit inconsistent you know what I mean but AJ Green numbers you know only thing that can knock His numbers well is an injury When we saw that last year I'm I have AJ eighth on my list with him being healthy and knowing what he's able to do when he is healthy.
0: Mm, I kind of feel bad. AJ Green is off my list, and I love I love AJ Green. I always draft him in fantasy because he he's, he falls either he he just he's been underrated, and I think people forget that he and Randy Moss are the only two guys. To start a career with five straight one thousand yard receiving seasons, um, AJ Green, of course, fell just short in twenty sixteen of getting, matching Moss with six. He had nine hundred sixty four, only played ten games, still had one hundred targets and sixty six catches. Uh, bounced back in in, in two thousand seventeen, but then was injured last year. And, and you are right; I mean, I, I think my only concern with AJ Green is that you know is he going to be healthy enough to play a full season? Because at his age. You know, he'll be, he'll, he'll turn 30, 31, excuse me, later this month. Um, you know, you, maybe we start to see a little bit of decline. He could still take the top off. He's still a, you know, a very physical guy who can go up and get the ball. And maybe it's possible that the new Biggles coaching staff sort of revives AJ Green's, uh, you know, career and maybe he's going for a contract and he has a monster year. So I like the gamble by you there at eight. Um, I, I, I he was, he was right there on the fringe of guys who could make it for me at eight. I actually have this, this might be a slap in the face, but I have Antonio Brown at eight. Oh, Will. <laughs> Stop it, Will. I know, right? Is that, how, is that, is that obnoxiously low? Yes, you know it. Um, I, I mean, I do kind of know it. Here's my thing. And when we talk about expectations for 2019, BMAC, is that I, I look at Antonio Brown's career and I see a guy who has been, I mean, look, he's one of the hardest working guys in football. He might be a crazy person, but he is an, a surefire Hall of Fame wide receiver up until really last year. Um, I think he was considered the best wide receiver in football, and he still led the league in receiving touchdowns last year with 15. And so I am a bit of a, a victim of, of recency bias here with with his movement. Um But I, I look at a guy who, by the way, Oh, happy early birthday to uh, Antonio Brown! He'll turn uh, he'll turn 31 on July 10th. So basically, a week from today, he'll be 31. Mm-hmm. I did think he slowed down a little bit last year, and BMac. As a Steelers guy, I feel like this point might sell you on it. My concern is that Antonio Brown is moving from the best possible system for any wide receiver, any skill position guy. You have Ben Roethlisberger. You have a great run game. You have a great offensive line. You have Juju Smith-Schuster and other weapons to, to take the heat away. Um, and, and now he's going to a new system with a new team, with a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball very well deep, in my opinion, to Derek Carr. And a, a, a setup that I think BMAC could lead to tantrums on the sideline and some sort of drama and shenanigans in Oakland. So that's the only reason I curb my ranking of Antonio Brown. Uh, clearly I, I would assume that you have him higher.
1: Yeah, I, I have him higher. You hear his name a little later on my <laughs> list, but I, I understand your reasons, uh, for him being that low. Uh, but yet and still he's still a grown man. And yeah. I guess, you know what? We will wait and see exactly, you know, Who deserves more credit, you Mm. know, based on what AB will do in Oakland compared to what Big Ben will do in Pittsburgh?
0: That's a good point too because I think that I always talk about how Big Ben wants to prove how everybody was wrong and it wasn't his fault. Antonio probably wants to prove the same thing. And if he, if he Mm -hmm. has You know, 120 catches for 1,600 yards next year and the Raiders win eight games. He's he's going to get some – or the Raiders win – I mean, if the Raiders win 10 games, he might get MVP buzz just because he's the the addition there. Uh, All right, who do you have at uh, number seven?
1: Mike Evans. I have Hmm. Mike Evans based on his athletic skill set, his measurables, catches the ball well, run good routes. Uh, You know, he's a physical, physical presence. And they had, you know, they basically were playing musical chairs in Tampa at the quarterback, Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, Jameis Winston. (laughs) And all Mike Evans did was still drop 1,524 yards, eight touchdowns. So Bruce Arians potentially will provide stability at the quarterback position. And if that's the case, you better believe Mike Evans potentially could improve on those numbers, especially his touchdown numbers, receiving uh, touchdown number.
0: Well, my, my number seven is a slap in the face to my number eight because ranked ahead of Antonio Brown, I have Juju Smith Schuster. Oh, uh,
1: now you're trying to, you're trying to spark some controversy. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs>
0: but like, here's my thing. And I, I do, I do, I do worry about how Juju will look without Antonio Brown there. I mean, I think that's a different. It's a different game for him because he's going to be the focal focal point of, of defensive attention when people are looking at the Steelers. But I, I just think you're talking about a guy who can operate from the outside. He can operate in the slot. I think they have a sneaky enough number of other receivers who can take the heat off of him. Not like Dante Moncrief is Antonio Brown. But, I mean, this is a guy at age 22, BMAC, that had 166 targets, uh 111 catches. 1,426 yards and seven touchdowns. The sky is the absolute limit for this kid. Um, he won't turn 23 until November. I mean, 23 in November in his third year. And it just feels like he has a long potential Hall of Fame career ahead of him. Yep. And uh, I'm willing to gamble on youth a little bit. And again, the Big Ben spite factor, putting him at number seven. Who is? uh Feel free to comment on Juju or, or give your number six.
1: Well, Juju didn't make my list unfortunately Ooh. because I'm just I'm, I'm I'm in a wait and see approach Ooh. as he becomes the number one target in Pittsburgh, and it was hard to really find a way, place to put Juju based on the guys that I've seen do it as a number one like option. Mm. Um, but my number six is <laughs> when it comes to wide receivers, this guy has been so dominant in getting into the end zone, Devontae Adams. Yes, I mean the last three years will. He's had 35 receiving touchdowns, 35 receiving <laughs> touchdowns, 13, 10 and 12 the last three years, over 1300 yards, even though they have a new head man in place. And Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers is still there. Um, I He almost made my top five. Mm. You know, he's right outside my top five. And it was very, very difficult for me to have Devontae outside my top five. But Mr. Adams is is a for sure playmaker.
0: I'm with you 100% and I think when you go back and, you know, you look at, uh, you look at his, his run over the past few years, you know, he, he, like, like many wide receivers in the Green Bay system, and by the way, I have, uh, Adam Thielen at number six and Devontae Adams at number five. I'll let you give your five in a second. Okay. But I, look, I, Thielen made it for me because he's emerged as just a, route running machine with great hands, a guy who developed a fantastic rapport with Kirk Cousins. He does have Stefan Diggs there, which really helps. And I had Stephon Diggs on my honorable mention, along with uh T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper. They've included Tyler Lockett there, Green and, and Tyree Killer we mentioned. Uh I just think Thielen has even more room to grow, although when te- when teams really start pressing on him a little bit, um it, it you know it's you could sort of see maybe a little bit of uh, of drop back but i think with another year with cousins in this system that that uh that that you're gonna see gary kubiak install as the sort of offensive overseer or whatever his title is that Thielen is going to be so perfect for that bootleg system like the way he just runs route in the routes in the middle and the way he can cross and get over there i think he's going to put up monster numbers and then digs will be great down the field Uh, as for adams you look at 2016, 997 yards on 75 catches. That's with Jordy Nelson uh, having 1257 yards. I mean, like he exactly. was a, he was the second weapon there, which is kind of crazy. And then you look at him, uh, you know, only played four had 14 games in 2017. Of course, Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Uh, he gets a full season of Rodgers, even a banged up one, and no Jordy Nelson last year, and explodes for 111 catches, 1386 yards, and 13 touchdowns. You mentioned 35 scores over the past three years. That is, it's ridiculous. He's a consistent end zone threat. He's Aaron Rodgers' top weapon. There's nobody else to challenge him. And even with the new system, uh, I think Adams is 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 going to be a monster this year. So I had him in my top five, uh, but a little bit of a drop off. Who's your who's your uh, who's your number five?
1: My number five is Michael Thomas. Mm. Um, Led the league uh, in receptions, I think, with 125. You know, (laughs) uh, he had 104 the year before in 2017, over 1,400 yards, you know, just south of 10 touchdowns with nine. Michael Thomas, for me, he's the modern-day Chris Carter. Catches everything. A big-time threat in the red zone because of his measurables. Uh, He's a chain mover a guy that can create first downs uh he's a big player i mean i see chris carter when i look at michael thomas and playing with drew Brees doesn't hurt at all (laughs) and he has taken advantage of everything that drew has thrown his way uh he's he, he you know i talked about best hands You know, earlier with Adam Thielen, I said in that top three, you know, Adam Thielen would be in that conversation. Michael Thomas would be in that conversation as well. And because of his hands, he was able to reel in 125 catches a year ago.
0: All right. uh, We will take a quick break and then we'll be right back to give our top four wide receivers heading into 2019. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics and Rich Paul. The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars, Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Okay. Interesting that Michael Thomas B Mac was the number five guy on your list. That leaves four spots for each of us. Um yep. you can you can fairly easily discern, I think, who those guys might be, but we need to figure out the order. Who is uh who is your number four wide receiver?
1: That's was very, very difficult. Uh my top uh, my fourth, third, and second wide receivers was kind of difficult. Sure. I had more issues with the fourth and the third guy. My number four is OBJ. Uh, solely because of the new system, new quarterback, it might take some time for him to establish that superstar rhythm and chemistry that we've seen throughout his professional career. Granted, I believe it will happen, but just how soon will it happen? He only played in 12 ball games. Well, this man had 1,052 yards and six touchdowns in 12 hmm. ball games being a part of a very, very below-average offense outside of Saquon Barkley. Offensive line still had issues. Eli Manning still had issues. And he was still able to go over a 1,000 yards. That tells you what type of player he is. So I expect bigger and better things for old BJ. But how soon? Will it take the first month of the season to kind of get things rolling? And that's usually the case when you see a top pass catcher Making a move to a new offense, a new scheme, and a new quarterback. But yet and still, I can easily see Odell going for at least 15, yards and maybe nine to 10 touchdowns.
0: I'm with you on, in terms of sorting out the top four. And I, I, I wrote, I had my top four and then I put drop off. And not that Devontae Adams is, uh, is, is bad or anything, but I just think there's a group of four guys and, and, uh, one of ours is different, but I have Julio Jones at four. And now, sort of looking at the stats, I might be I might be underrating him because Julio, you know, there were injury concerns, sort of like uh, Keenan Allen, right? I mean, people were worried about him early in his career. He only played five games in 2013. Over the last five years, Julio Jones has averaged averaged 105 catches per uh, per year and 1,600 receiving yards, along with six touchdowns. He's led the league twice in in receiving yards, including last year. He's never been over double digit touchdowns. Uh, not since 2012, excuse me. Um, only once in his career, but you know, in terms of a guy who's been really consistent and really dominant and it, when he is at his peak as a wide receiver, there might not be anybody scarier in the NFL, uh, than Julio Jones, but I, I still, I still put him fourth, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's not because I don't respect him. It's just, um, sort of a, like these top four guys are very close. Well, who's your, who's your number three?
1: My number three is Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, I have A.B. based on the concerns, you know, playing with a new quarterback. You talked about it earlier. You know, he was in the best ideal situation for a wide receiver. And because of that, A.B. had – 104 catches last year the year before that 101 the year before that 106 and a year ago he had almost 1300 yards and 15 touchdowns so these are crazy video game like numbers but if he takes a decline in receptions uh you know if he's not able to get in that 100 reception category He still would be productive. I think it will take some time, similar to some of the things I stated about OBJ as far as a new quarterback, getting used to a new quarterback, getting used to a new scheme. But AB is a baller, one of the best route runners in the game. He's the hardest-working wide receiver in the game, and because of that, he will be successful, but I have him at my number three spot right now.
0: Mm, that means uh that means I know who your number uh one and two are. My number three is uh OBJ who you mentioned before. I just can't like I can't shake the idea that Odell Beckham, if you give him a good quarterback Cause look, Eli Manning hadn't been good. I mean, like, he hadn't been very good the last few years. Odell Beckham, uh, four of his five years. By the way, he's still, uh, still just 26. He's going to turn 27 in November. So he's still in his athletic prime. I think he will have something to prove. I don't know if they're going to pay him before this year. I mean, he's, he already got paid by the Giants, but he wanted more money a la Antonio Brown when he got to Oakland. I think that you're going to see a motivated OBJ who does like, like Keenan Allen. Um, You know, needs to come out and get sixteen games under his belt. He hadn't seen sixteen games um, you know, since two thousand and sixteen when he put up thirteen sixty seven yards. Uh he's been banged up. I think the Giants mismanaged him a little bit, especially in terms of how they rushed him out there in twenty seventeen. But I I think in this system of Baker Mayfield and being like Antonio Brown, like Ben uh being motivated to show that it wasn't his fault in New York, that it was actually Eli Manning and Dave Gettleman's fault. I think we see Odell Beckham come out with a big season. I'm anticipating 100 catches and 12 <clears throat> excuse me 1200 yards as the floor for OBJ plus 10 touchdowns. Maybe I'm wrong, and that offense sputters out of the gates early, like you said. Uh, but this is me projecting big things from the Browns' offense uh, in in 2019, which is why I have him number three. Uh, who you got at number two?
1: My number two, man, I was talking about the best, uh, catchers at mm. the wide receiver positions, guys with the best hands. He is, he has the best hands in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is my number two, uh, solely because of his ability to defy odds when it comes to getting double team, triple team, especially in the red zone. Over 1500 yards, 11 touchdowns the year before that. He had 13 touchdowns. He has a great relationship with Deshaun Watson and if DeAndre Hopkins was my number one I'm okay with that so it's almost like he's my one B because I have another guy that I believe is ahead of DeAndre Hopkins and I will make my argument for him but there's (laughs) no wrong answer when you get to the number one and number two spots in my opinion.
0: I've got actually got Michael Thomas at 2 and then DeAndre Hopkins at 1. And I, I maybe again, maybe it's sort of a projection. And maybe you know, I I might be wrong here on on the Michael Thomas thing. I just think that when you look at his catch rate, it's so ridiculous. Like he I mean, he had an 85% catch rate last year. That is mm-hmm. absurd. Led the league in receptions, uh, 1405 yards. Now, one of the things I, I, I didn't have Drew Brees. I did this, did the podcast with Danny Cano. I didn't have Drew Brees on my top 10 quarterbacks, which is maybe a concern. When you look at Michael Thomas's game logs last year. You do see some spots where he didn't have big numbers. So maybe I'm, you know, I mean, like down the stretch, I mean, I think he only averaged in, from week nine on, he only averaged like 66 receiving yards per game. So maybe I've, maybe I've really outthunk myself here. I just think with his age, uh, he's, he also turns, uh, 20, just turned 26. Um, and then I'm with you on Hopkins. I, I, th- I think one of the things about DeAndre Hopkins career, and he's been a stud since, since he was drafted in 2013 in the first round by the Texans, um, two all pros, Three Pro Bowls, uh, four seasons over 1200 yards, two seasons over 1500 yards, three seasons with double digit touchdowns, uh, in, in the six that he's played in the NFL. And he's done it, BMAC, with some real crap at the quarterback position. I think, mm-hmm. I think that to me really pushes him above everybody else and why I have him number one is that you, you, if you imagine a situation where he has Deshaun Watson for a full season, I mean, we, you know, we saw it last year. I mean, fifteen hundred seventy-two receiving yards, one hundred and fifteen catches, and eleven touchdowns. Now, there's an argument from some in the the fantasy football community that with Kike Coutee uh, back, that that he'll see his target share drop and that he won't get mm-hmm. as many targets. I, I just think that there's no way the Texans will get cute and go away from DeAndre Hopkins. He's too dominant. Uh, let me ask you this: if there was yep. as a, as a defensive back. There was what, you have to pick the one guy you don't want to cover. You don't want to see lining, like you're, you're like, not, not scared, but most annoyed that you gotta, like, you know, it's gonna be the hardest day possible. Uh, is it Hopkins or is it the other guy who you've got number one? Oh boy.
1: I mean, that other guy who I have number one is a bad man and he sparks fear in most opposing defensive backs and defensive coordinators. That's Julio Jones. Uh, over 1600 yards, eight touchdowns, and he creates so much attention in the red zone, and because of that, his touchdown number has taken a hit as of late. But he makes so many other players' jobs easier on his offense because of Julio. Calvin Ridley had a almost an all pro like year, especially when it comes to catch, catching touchdowns, because mm-hmm. everybody devoted all their attention to Julio. You just you talked about Julio earlier, and you rolled off a important stat. What was that stat as far as what he's averaged? Uh, Over the last three years?
0: It is, it was the last five years. Last it's, five years, he's averaged what? 105 catches, 1600 yards, and six touchdowns a season. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. In fact, in fact, you know what? I'm gonna flip Michael Thomas to four and move Julio Joe. Wait a, you, a minute. No, no, no. You can't just, you can't, you can't, I can't start flip it. Okay. All right. It I'm is. not gonna flip. I'm not gonna flip. All right. But right, <laughs> like, you're like, I'm just, cause I'm thinking as like, if I was a defensive back, and clearly I'm not. But I, I, if I were ranking, like, just ranking my, oh, bleep rankings, like, Michael Thomas would be up there because you don't want to cover him. But if I saw Julio Jones light up across from me, I would be petrified. I just, I just think, like, he might be the most, the mo- like, if he's on, he is freaking on.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to his measurables and his stature, he is like the Le- Le- Le LeBron James of the wide receiver position. Mm. Uh I mean, a very, very physical mismatch and he's still so fast and the only knock about Julio would be the touchdown number compared to some of the other guys that we just talked about in our top 10 but Julio commands so much attention and teams are so afraid of him they're willing to allow the Calvin Ridleys of the world the Austin Hoopers of the world the Mohammed Sanu's of the world to have one-on-one opportunities in the red zone because they know Julio is basically unguardable when it comes to the red area
0: Mm. And by the way, worth noting, you know, he's going to have a new offensive coordinator this year. Of course, Julio's, the best season of his career came in 2015. Matt Ryan MVP season, uh, Kyle Shanahan there, 1871 receiving yards, just ridiculous. 136 catches, obviously led the league in both. 2014 was the last time Dirk Cutter was his, uh, offensive coordinator. And that year he had 163 targets, 104 catches and almost 1600 yards plus six touchdowns. So, just cause he's getting a new coordinator, I don't know that we will necessarily see a bump or a, a drop in, in production. And, um, I gotta tell you, I mean, your arguments and sort of diving deeper into the stats convinced me that I should flip Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. I won't do it cause that would be soft of me. But, um, I, I, two, three, and I think one, Hopkins to me is a clear one. But not by a lot over two, three, and four. I just think those four guys, and and maybe Antonio Brown will make me look stupid later on down the road. I just think those four guys are the top end. Um, anything anything that you look at with your list where you're like maybe maybe that's something I was off on. I I, it's, I, I feel like there's a pretty clear line with the top twelve or thirteen wide receivers though.
1: Yeah, I think my list is pretty cool. I think the only argument about my list maybe would be Juju. Um, but mm. me personally, I'm just in a wait and see approach, uh, with him taking on this new role. I do believe he will be successful because he has an ideal quarterback situation going on there along with an offense that he's familiar with. Uh, just these top 10 guys, we've seen it, you know, these guys do it at a high level for quite some time and not saying Juju has not, but Juju is a number one receiver. The last few guys, last all these guys on my list that we talked about. You know, they're number ones. Now, you might can have an argument about Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, but both guys are well. They are great receivers and they complement each other well. But I just decided to have Adam Thielen on my top ten. And you also had him in your top ten as well. And, you know, he's a shorthanded wide receiver. But that's the only, I guess, argument I would have about my list, not having Juju top ten. But He's right outside. He would be the 11th wide receiver.
0: Yeah. And as we mentioned too, Tyree Kill throws a bit of a monkey wrench in here because if he's cleared and plays all 16 games, uh, he would move way up the list. And it's, it's just the offseason, off field stuff. I want to ask you two more things. We'll get you out of here on this, BMAC. Uh, one, um, or it's sort of a, a, a two part question. One, who was the most difficult wide receiver you ever lined up against, uh, from a one on one perspective? And two, who, uh, who, what, like, I'm not asking you to relive like your worst moments, but like who 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 burned you the worst in your career that you recall? Ah,
1: uh, one of the more difficult wide receivers. It's hard to pick one. Um, <sighs> Reggie Wayne.
0: Hmm, that's a good choice. Um, He's, a, mean, but he was like a he was like both physical and a technician, and of course, yes, played at Miami. Yes. So you had some yes and, and
1: did, sneaky fast. Yeah. Um, who burned me the most? You know what? Uh, I know I, I gave up a few touchdowns to Chad Johnson oh, in the red zone, but one guy who used to really give me fits early in my career was Chris Henry
0: oh, for Cincinnati. Yeah, for Cincinnati, yeah, man. Oh, who who man. obviously died you know, tragically at a, at a young age. Yes, was it? man. He was yo. He was Chris. blossoming.
1: Oh, my goodness. On a deep post, you do not want to allow Chris Henry to get inside leverage on your coverage with nothing but green grass to attack running a deep post with Carson Palmer leading him to the promised land. Oh, my, Chris Henry, if he would have had an opportunity to really have a lengthy career and stay focused, man, Chris Henry would have been A great wide receiver in his era, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting point too. I mean, he averaged 15.3 yards per catch for his, uh, five year career again, you know, died at the age of, of 26, far too young. But man, that's a great point. They had a, they really had it rolling with that offense with Ocho and, um, our former college Ocho used to work at uh, at CBS. I used to do a Thursday night show with 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 uh, Ocho Cinco, which was always fun. Um, and then, of course, you know Chris Henry and the you know, Rudy Johnson they had in those offenses. Man, it's a good call. All right, uh, let's get out of here. We'll uh, we'll have this up on the uh, the old podcast. Follow BMac at uh, is it was it BMac
1: underscore uh, Sports Talk
0: underscore Sports Talk. Yes, sir. Um, make sure and watch them on CBS Sports HQ. And uh, I'll talk to you next week when we rank defensive backs. Thanks. Yes, sir.
1: Thanks. The most important position on the football <laughs> field. <laughs>
0: That's right. Thanks, buddy.
1: All right, thanks.